Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're at. I'm your host, Josh Snyder, as always, here on the Bull Believer Podcast. And I am excited to get into today's topic because I, I, I just I just came off of a time of, of prayer and, and I'm 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 ready to go. I don't know if you know the feeling, but when God is connecting with you and you're connecting with God by access through the Holy Spirit, it is an amazing place to be, and I, and, uh, and I, I love conveying things and truths from scriptures, and I, I hope that today's episode would be an encouragement to you, as we all sometimes will wrestle with the idea, is God done with me here, or is God wanting me to change something, or we all have decisions that we'll have to make in this life. Maybe you're in the middle of a decision right now, whether it be small or great in your opinion those decisions will change our lives and sometimes we can get a little bit of well we can get a little bit hasty in changing and uh, so we'll talk a little bit about God's will uh, we'll give a situation that we find in scripture here in today's episode where I believe there was a, a very solid man of faith desiring to make a change that maybe God wasn't having him make yet but anyway, we'll get into that here in just a moment. I think I forgot last week, and I apologize because, you know, this is the whole reason you show up. I forgot to give the joke of the day. And so I'm going to have to give you two today to make up for the, the one I didn't give you last week. So without further ado, here is today's joke of the day. Today's joke of the day, and actually jokes of the day because I'm making up for last week, uh, will be one that you can you can take and you can tell your kids or your wife or your or your cousins, or your parents, and get a good eye roll out of them, because none of these are actually that funny. They're all ones designed so that you might prepare yourself to be a mom or a dad, to be a parent. That is why they call them, well, I guess they call them dad jokes. But if you're a mom, or a soon-to-be mom, or a future mom, uh, you can take these and, and tell them as well, and, and um, we can call them mom jokes then, okay? All right, anyway, so today's uh, today's joke... <laughs> To whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. All right, all right. Uh, A police officer caught two kids playing with a firework and a car battery. He charged one and let the other one off. All right, you got to be a little quick on your feet to catch both of those. If you didn't get them, go back and listen to them again. Just think about it, okay? You'll you'll crack up laughing or you'll roll your eyes or you won't get it, period, and that is okay. Let me know in the comment below. We have a little bit of a survey there. Let me know if you didn't get today's joke, and uh, I will choose different jokes. But if you did get it, go forth and spread that love and joy and through the power of dad jokes to the world around you, all right? All right, so jumping into today's topic, today's topic centers around the idea that God is not done yet. I will admit, and that is why there's the word yet here, I will admit that sometimes God is done. Sometimes God is done with something. God would have you change or pivot or do something different in your life. We see all through the Old Testament that there are many times that God put his chosen people on a shelf, so to speak, for a time and let them go into captivity to try to work some things out. 
But I suppose even through all of that, God still worked in the shadows, so to speak. Even in the, the dark ages, the dead space between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God was at work preparing his people, preparing the time the Romans invaded and took over and were occupying when Jesus was born, for example. God used all of that to orchestrate his story. So as long as there's breath in your lungs, God is not done yet but that we all have questions that we need to get specific about sometimes in life. Is God having me change? Is God having me do something different here? Would God have me continue to move on with this ministry? Would God have me uh, uh, marry this person? That's a pretty big decision, and there are going to be big decisions like that and even small decisions that we would deem not as significant but still life changing and we want to be in the will of God at least I don't know about you I I want to be in the will of God I want to be right where God wants me to be every step of the way and I know that we can't perfectly do that but when we desire to walk out and work that out in our lives man that's an amazing place to be especially when we see God moving and acting in our lives so let's jump right in Uh, let me start off with a little bit of a quote from Pastor Timothy Peck he had this idea when he wrote and asked this question how many of you have seen a bumper sticker that says, Be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. He goes on to say, I've decided to create a new bumper sticker that responds to that one. Uh, my, new, my new bumper sticker will say, I'm trying to be patient with you, but God is taking an awfully long time. The reality is, is that we're all in a process when it comes to our spiritual lives. Now, I'm not here to downplay growth and spiritual maturity because God... Uh, God forbid that we uh, take lightly our growth and our sanctification, and there are people who are further along in this journey than myself and than than I will ever be even, I believe. But, But that does not change the fact that each and every one of us will never arrive until we get to heaven, until we see his face, until we behold clearly what we now only see in a glass darkly, as Paul would put it, someday we will arrive, but we will never arrive on this side. We are all in a process of working out uh, God's will, the discernment through Scripture, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and, and many other things in our lives. I was reading through my devotions the other day when I came across something that stood out to me in the book of Acts chapter 18. If you, if you have a Bible handy, please open up to the book of Acts chapter 18. There's a handful of verses that I'm going to read for sake of context of getting into today, today's uh, little lesson. And, uh, and it hopes that we can pull some truth from this passage, some things that we can maybe look to to encourage us when we step back or give us some direction. I'm going to give you a little bit of an acronym here in a second that I based uh, the outline that I'll be giving here around in hopes to help you remember it a little bit. When we ask the question, is God done with me here yet? Or should I change or should I do something different in this uh, whatever it might be? Acts chapter 18 and uh, verse 1 through 11. So again, we have a handful of verses here, so listen fast, I'll talk fast, and I'll let you go here before we get over 30 minutes, all right? After these things, verse 1 states, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. And came unto them, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought by their occupation, they were tent makers. So just for sake of uh, catching up in case you don't know what's going on, Aquila and Priscilla were basically kicked out of Rome because of some persecution from Claudius, 
And so they, they go and they meet up with Paul, where Paul was at in Corinth, and they hung out with Paul. They, they set up their business. They started making tents with Paul because Paul was also a tent maker uh, as well as uh, traveling and preaching the word of God, if you know much about Paul because he wrote most of the New Testament. He was a very busy man, and these two uh, Christians came alongside to help him and to, to, to join in on the craft that he did when it came to making tents as well. And goes on to say, and he reasoned in the synagogue, he being Paul, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. So there was no beating around the bush. He probably adequately divided the scriptures and reasoned with these people, these Jews and Greeks that were in this synagogue. He reasoned with them and showed from the Old Testament how Jesus was that fulfillment. Jesus did do all of these things that the Old Testament laid out that he would do, and he was that perfect God-man. He was God with us. He reasoned more subtly prior to this, it implies. And then when Timothy and, and uh, Silas, a couple, of, a couple of other believers, show up, Paul got inspired and just blatantly outright came down to the nitty-gritty when he said Jesus was Christ. We see the Jews' reaction in verse 6 when it goes on to say, And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. Catch this. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. From here on out, I'm going to the Gentiles. Let's not dig too much into it before we get to the outline here. Just catch some certain key parts of this story that will really stick out that will help us uh, fortify the outline and asking the question, is God done with me here or is God done in this situation? Let's go on and see in verse 7. And he departed thence, he being Paul, and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Verse 11. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. What is one of the big differences between verse 6 and verse 11? The big difference between verse 6 and verse 11, we see the key principle of what I would like to talk about for a little bit here. We see Paul's human desire to leave this work in Corinth, uh, namely the work that he was doing with the Jews in, in Corinth, behind to turn around and focus specifically on the Gentiles. He said, from henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles when he was in the synagogue, reasoning with the people. In the moment of adversity, he wanted to leave that work behind and do something different. But contrasting what we see, God's desire, and I believe clear direction that he was not done with these people yet. Granted, not all of them were Jews. We see that there were Greeks and Jews in the synagogue and they couldn't come down to agreement on whether or not Jesus was a Christ, and then eventually they blasphemed, as Scripture says. 
they they tore the raiment they mocked paul and paul stepped back and said hey i'm done with y'all i'm gonna go focus only on the gentiles and we go on to see later in paul's life that he always he always had a heart for the jews and continued to have a heart for his own people but we see here that he desired to to be done with it all and and to probably even move on from corinth Let me ask this question. Does God call us at times to shake the dust from our feet and to move on? Well, yes, he sure sure does. We find Jesus giving some direct commandments for when this is necessary. Biblically speaking, what kind of signs or directions should we be looking for to understand when we need to tough it out or to press on or continue on where we're at? In the middle of a situation where people don't want to receive the truth, and or while we wait on God, what should we do? How am I supposed to know? Especially in times when it's not as clear. I hope in the next few moments I can give some answers to these questions. There's an acronym that I, I'd like to, to use. I'd like to use to fortify today's lesson in hopes that maybe it'll help you remember it a little bit better. It is the acronym of WAIT. The acronym of WAIT. Number one, the W in the word WAIT stands for WOE. I don't know, whenever I thought of the word wait, I, I began to think of, of words that would help fortify that message. And uh, I believe sometimes we need to be like the trainer would be for that horse that he was training or trying to slow down, that stallion that he was trying to break. And what was one of the common words? What is one of the common words we hear people using to, to slow down a horse that's chomping at the bit to do everything and to change and to flip and to run and to jump and... You hear the word, whoa. Take time to evaluate. Use this word to, to think about the, the idea that we need to take time to evaluate. Step back. Don't jump hastily. Don't move quickly. Take time to evaluate, especially in times where things maybe aren't as clear or there's so much emotion pouring into this. We need to be careful about jumping in or out of ministry or key decisions in our life hastily. Hastily. That doesn't mean that we aren't called to do some things very quickly, but there will be clear circumstances when that is to happen. And we see all through Scripture direction on when to to speed up or to slow down. And We'll get to a little bit more along that line here in a few. But Proverbs 24, 21 states this verse. I think it's very applicable to it. Uh, When he says, when when Solomon, the person who wrote Proverbs 24, said, My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. What does it mean to be given to change? Well, understand like this. Most of us probably know somebody who is always changing colors. Not physically, (laughs) but always doing something else and not focusing or not intentionally working out the things that God has already given them to do. Or maybe somebody who who uh, says, this is the will of God, and I'm going to step out and do this, and then next week they're not doing it anymore, and they're doing something else, saying that that's the will of God, and then maybe the week after that they're saying, well, no, actually this is probably the will of God, and, and, and they're just so back and forth or, or left and right, and there's no clear direction, no clear path. Again, nothing wrong with wanting to take hold of many responsibilities or to do many things in your life, but if you keep starting and stopping things that you believe is, is what you're called to do, maybe you need to sit back and 
evaluate, am I being submissive to the will of God and putting in the time that he would have me put into these ministries or these outreaches or these efforts or the time that I need to do to decide whether or not I need to marry this person or you fill in the blank uh, with, with this with the scenario, don't be given to change. Proverb, this proverb told us not to meddle with those who are given to change. Don't get a bunch of friends around you. Don't surround yourself with people who are back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, we're all in the process of working this stuff out. So maybe if you know somebody and you're there's near and dear to you and you know they're given to change, maybe talk to them about it. Maybe point out some areas in, in, the, in their life that just glare to you or maybe you're the person that needs to sit back and evaluate these things. Are you willing when God leads you to do something, to stick it out, even when it's not, even when you don't see the results, even when it's not easy, even when you wish there was things happening quicker. I mean, I get these urges in my life. I have many dreams and passions, but one of the things that I need to remember, and we each should remember, is if God has called us to do it, we need to be consistent even on the days that don't feel good. Even on the days that don't feel, we don't feel like there's the growth that we need to see. Even on those days, we need to be consistent. We need to show up. We need to put the roots down. That's, that's how we need to treat our marriages because sometimes there won't, it won't be comfortable and all the butterflies and the, the roses and things like that. We need to treat our, our, our ministries. We need to treat every aspect that is worth having in our life with consistency, with care, with love, and with patience. And we can't do that if we're given to change, if we're so back and forth, if we're tossed to and fro like the wave of a sea in our doctrines or the things that we believe or do or put out in our life. So sometimes we need to, whoa, step back, stop, take a moment, take the time to evaluate the situation before jumping in and out of a key life decision or, or ministries that God has given us. Paul saw opposition. He felt some pretty heavy uh, things that rightfully got him upset. The, the Holy Spirit was being blasphemed. There was mockery of God in the presence of these people who claimed to know the truth. And he got mad about it. And he stepped back and said some things. He said, I am, I'm done with you all. I'm going to the Gentiles. And though he did go and be one of the major contributors to winning the Gentiles or those who were not Jewish to faith, we go on to see that God was not done with him there and the Jews that were present, the the people still needed him there. And though the decision that he verbally made might have been a little off, I'm done with you, God worked around to getting him to realizing that he was not done in that place yet. The second thing in this acronym of which I, I believe is a good outline to ask ourselves or to weigh against ourselves when we're trying to make a decision is to to ask. So the first thing we need to do is, whoa, <laughs> stop, take a moment, evaluate. The second thing we need to do is ask or intentionally seek godly counsel. Intentionally seek godly counsel. We need to intentionally seek counsel from godly friends and leaders. Acts chapter 18, which we just read, verses 7 and 8 say, and he departed thence. This is after the fiasco at the synagogue, Paul departed and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God and whose house joined hard to the synagogue. So I can imagine the situation here. They're in a synagogue and he storms out and runs into this other person's house right next to the synagogue and starts ranting to Justice, one of his fellow uh, friends who worshiped God, who 
who had a house attached to the synagogue, and uh, and 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 he likely was able to speak life into Paul. Justice was likely to speak life into him because we go on to see that the ruler of the synagogue made a very big decision for himself and his family made to follow Christ here in just a moment. We'll get into the implications of that as well. But Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 states, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Run to and with those who desire to know God. Be intentional about the community who surrounds you. Because when the day of adversity comes, we're going to need to ask some encouragement of people. We're going to need to ask some questions. We're going to need counsel or direction and of maybe from people who know a little bit more about the situation than we do. And if those people aren't on God's side or in, in, uh, Christians or fellow believers, many times we will be led astray or not get the fullest answer or counsel that we could receive from somebody who is in the Word of God, who desires to know God and to follow after His precepts. Ask intentionally seek godly counsel when trying to make a decision, especially one that that is a life-changing decision, as we would put it. The third thing, as we're moving right along here, is we need to interact. Interact. And just to clarify what I mean by this, the definition of interact is to act in such a way as to have an effect on another. To act in such a way as to have an effect on another. Never stop serving even in the wait. Never stop serving. Even while waiting for answers, continue to serve faithfully. Don't quit the church just because you're unsure whether or not that is the church that God has called you to be at. Uh, don't don't just run out and, and, uh, and throw your hands up and give up on God or throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, when trying to understand God's will for your life. Continue to serve. Continue to be faithful to the things that God has laid out in your life to be faithful to. And if God has called you to make a pivot or a change, especially in some very hard decisions, take the time needed. Ask the right questions to the right people and interact. Continue to interact with those around you. Interact, Interaction being making that difference or that change pointing others to Christ, being the servant, being the leader, being the person that God has created you to be and called you to be for this time. So even in change, even in conflict, or even in struggle, continue to serve. In today's passage, thankfully, Paul didn't just throw his hands up and leave Corinth altogether. He went. He got a hold of some godly counsel, I believe. He got a hold of somebody who was of faith and stuck around a little bit, took some time, talked to some people, and it goes on to say, and Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, this man was likely a Jew or a Greek, but the chief ruler of the same place, he said, I am done with, I'm no longer going to focus on this area, you guys you guys stink, your attitude stinks, you can't be reasoned with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave and go Go to the Gentiles. Your blood is on your own head, your own heads. And though there was some truth to the things that he said, we go on to see that Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. There was still work to be done in Corinth. There was still work to be done in the synagogue because the chief ruler of the synagogue was converted. Christ still had a desired end. And if Paul would have just 
runoff or taking the time or not taking the time rather to to intentionally seek godly wisdom to slow down a little bit to interact and to continue to serve in the place that God had him in that moment he would have missed out on some heavy blessing what things in our life will we miss if we don't take the time to not only do the first two things to ask and to to wait to take time but to also continue to serve even while in the wait the fourth and final thing here I'd like to leave with you when desiring to know the will of God or to, to, to know an answer to some change or things that God would have you do or wondering whether or not God has done is we need to test. So it's an acronym, WAIT. The first thing we need to do is to, whoa, slow down, take time to evaluate. Second thing, we need to ask or get godly counsel from godly leaders around us. The third thing I believe we should do is to interact or continue to serve even in the wait. And then fourth and finally, we need to test. Last but most importantly, test your desires, questions, or concerns to and through the Word of God. Put the Word of God as the foundation of your faith and you will never fail. You will never fall short. And though sometimes there aren't direct verses about whether or not I should put a filter on my uh, iPhone to make sure that adult content is blocked out, for example. They didn't have iPhones then, so how am I supposed to know? No, there are certain principles that we can find in Scripture that will give us the answers to everything that we will go through in this life. That is why God gave us His Word. It is the instruction book for life and in all matters of faith and practice. God's infallible word. Acts 18 uh, verses 9 through 11 states, Then spoke the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace. I know that you want to quiet up, Paul. I know you want to throw your hands up a little bit here in this situation. I know you might want to just wipe the dust from your feet and leave Corinth and go try something different, but be not afraid. Speak. Hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, this is the Lord speaking, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. What is he saying? What is God saying? God's saying, I am not done yet. There's still stuff that I would have you do here, and I, I need you to, to tough it out a little bit. I need you to stick around. I need you to be faithful. I need you to do some things and to continue here. It goes on to say, and he continued on, a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Even though there may have been some emotional fuel behind the things that he said to begin with, he ended very well. We see that he continued on a whole year and six months. Sometimes we'll get driven crazy, at least we think we'll be driven crazy, if we have to wait another week to decide what God wants us to do here or to wait another week. Or if I, if, you know, I remember back when I got married, it's a little off topic, but back when I, before, just before I got married, uh, my wife and I were just so desiring to be married and to be one and to, to, to start our life together that we wanted to jump the gun and get married even, even sooner. And some people may not say, may say that that, that's not a bad thing, but looking back, we would have missed out on some blessing and some special specialties, some things that made the day more special, made the commitment more special. If we would have just been like, ah, whatever, let's just, let's just do it now, right now. Here we go. And uh, we're glad that we waited the little bit of time that we did, which wasn't much. Again, I knew her for less than a year before I got married to her, so if that tells you anything. But the time that we did wait made the day and has made these years, looking back, certain periods in this time more fruitful, 
more special. And so sometimes God calls us to wait. And yes, sometimes that waiting will be a little longer than we would desire. But in that, God will work. And if God has called you to be somewhere, to do something, if if you're currently doing something and you're wondering whether or not you should go in or out or stay or move, I mean, that was a question on my wife and I's mind. We even thought about just moving just to try something new, but never got the peace of God about it. But when we did finally move and we uprooted and moved uh, across the country very recently, we look back and understand and we're very confident that God was completely in that decision and we are there's no better place to be than right where God wants you even though it's uncomfortable there's no better place to be uh, than right here right now and uh, standing behind this mic I love this opportunity and I appreciate you listening understand also that we need to compare scripture with scripture here's the closing thought compare scripture with scripture and understand that in some cases there is not a one shoe fits all type answer Don't just give canned answers. And I apologize sometimes if I just only give canned answers about stuff because understand, even though I may say that you need to do this or this or this, sometimes there's not a one-shoe-fits-all type of answer. We we see this in Proverbs chapter 26, verses 4 and 5, where the writer of Proverbs says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like unto him. So basically saying, don't answer that guy who's being foolish. Don't argue with somebody who's being stupid. Otherwise, you're just going to look just about as foolish if you're sitting there trying to reason with somebody who won't be reasoned with. But here's the significance. It goes on in the very next verse and says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So which do you do? Is that a contradiction in scripture? Is a blatant contradiction, one verse right after another, saying don't answer a fool, but yes, answer a fool? No. No, that is God's inspiration breathing through uh, the pen of the author of Proverbs, most of it being Solomon, saying there are times when you should answer and there are times when you should not. Weigh that to the situation, weigh that situation to the word of God. Here's the closing statement I want to leave you with. God's not done yet, which is good news. I mean, because let's face it, You take a look at the condition of the world around you. You take a look at the condition of the church as a whole. Take a look at the condition of your own life. And if this was the end of the story, most would be in big trouble. But that's not the end. It's not the end of the story. God is still working and he is not done yet. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging news. I'm excited for the future. Let's look forward Let's run in his precepts. Sometimes we need to, whoa, step back, evaluate sometimes. And in those moments of conflict, we need to ask or seek for godly wisdom from the people that God has placed in our lives. And, and in those moments, we need to continue to be faithful or to interact with the, with the, the people that, that God has given us to serve or to, to be of service to and to the church that God has placed us in. We need to continue to serve even in the wait. And then finally, Through it all, we need to be testing everything, every desire, every question, every concern to the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. This is uh, the Bold Believer Podcast, Episode 4, Season 2, and I'm stoked to continue to move forward. And next week, if you come back, we should have a couple of special guests back on the show and a neat little outline, and we're excited for for the days to come, and we appreciate you joining me once again. If you haven't already, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Share this episode if you found some comfort or encouragement or direction in it, and come back again next week for another episode 
episode of the Bold Believer podcast. Now take what you've heard, take the Word of God, and share it. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now go out and be a bold believer.